Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo and I'm here with my co-host, Brian Schulmeister. I was wondering if he was there. It's early today, so I didn't know if you're properly caffeinated or not. Uh, vaguely, not as much as per usual. Yes, we are recording at a different time today, but there's no point in telling you about that because we're going to be recording at a completely different time next week. Yes, we are. We are moving to Sundays to record. And so Sunday night at the lovely witching hour of midnight, you will get the new episode. This gives us a chance to uh, maybe spend a little more time getting the show together, but also because Brian now is going back to work. So we have to kind of shuffle things around. It's not so much that I'm going back to work as my wife is. So ah. <laughs> I am continuing to do my part time thing that I've been doing. But uh, yeah, with the uh, with the wife now no longer at home 24 seven, the schedule gets a bit crazier. So, yeah, we are switching to uh, to a Sunday record and release date uh, as opposed to during the week, just because it's a hell of a lot easier for everybody involved. Yeah, well, let's speak for yourself, but uh, that's OK. We'll get it done. Uh, but we do have other big news, and this is going to be annoying for some people and fantastic for others, but it's great for us. Mm-hmm. Grumpy Old Geeks is now part of the Podcast One Network. Woohoo! Yep. So what's going to happen this week is uh, it's kind of the same thing that happened when we used to be at Blog Talk Radio, and then we came back and we had to change the feed. Uh, some people will not get a new episode because they subscribe to the actual RSS feed and not through iTunes or some other method of getting to us. We're going to be working on all of that. But if you do not get an episode next Friday, just unsubscribe and resubscribe. The resubscribe is yep. the important part. We, you know, we, we need you to come back, but, uh, you might get a couple extra episodes downloaded based on your settings because some, yep. there's just nothing we can do about that. We apologize in advance if you do get a few extra episodes. But, but overall, we're pretty excited and happy about this. So we're kind of joining the big boys of podcasting. So uh, we're happy to be going there. It's pretty funny because when we first started doing this almost four years ago, believe it or not, we would always talk about Adam Carolla and, you know, his pirate ship. And now we're on the same network, which is kind of neat. Yes, it is. I have an eye patch ordered. All right. Uh, we also would like to announce that uh, if you don't want to have your own player or, or you're not doing it one way or another, there is an app now that you can get the Podcast One app. It is available for iOS and Android, and you can get us on there as well. Yes, it's at podcastone.com slash app, rather app. conveniently. So rather I downloaded it last yes. night. It's uh, pretty simple. You can uh, create your own account if you'd like. You can uh, sign in, find your podcast that you like, put them down as favorites. Please do that for us. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, fuck and, those uh, other guys. Yeah. Get, get us, get us. Yeah. Yeah, just get us. Come on. You're not going for any of that other shit. <laughs> Maybe Adam Carolla, <laughs> if you want to be in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. I also recommend Penn Sunday School and The Art of Charm, obviously. Yes. All right. Enough with the pimping. <laughs> uh, I found this study, and this is one of those many studies that say that, you know, swearing is good for you. There are so many studies out there about swearing. This one uh, comes from Vice, and uh, well, the article comes from Vice, not the study itself, because if Vice yes. did a study, that would be pretty funny. That'd be like BuzzFeed doing news. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Wait a second. <laughs> So people who swear are more likely to be honest. Yes, we know that. So that's why yep. we swear uh, a lot on this show, because we are honest. We are the most honest show on podcast one. Damn, Skippy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I put it, I put it this just for you, Brian. A yes. six-minute intro to AI. It, it demystifies all of the terminology around AI, machine learning, this, that, the other thing. 
and it's it's scrollable and pretty. Yes, it is, except I still don't really understand what the exact definition is. On the title card titled, I know what AI means, I think it says intelligent behavior in an autonomous agent. This is AI. You need to define what intelligent behavior is. You need to define what an autonomous agent is. This There's is not, not a lot of intelligent behavior going on nowadays, so I guess <laughs> I, I can see where your problem might be there. Yeah. No, so I, I get this. This is very nicely well done, but it still doesn't entirely give you a very strict uh, definition of what exactly the difference is between machine learning, deep learning, and AI. It uh, attempts to give you a bit of a tree that you climb up, but uh, the actual lines of demarcation that you cross when you move from one to the other is still somewhat vague. You know what? Now that we're on the big fancy podcast network, I'm going to call Ray Kurzweil and see if we can get him on the show to explain it to you, just so we can finish this once and for all. Damn right. Let's do it. On with the news. In the news. The resistance is alive and well on Twitter. No, who knew? Twitter's (laughs) actually become useful and interesting. Oh, and uh, anybody out there that thinks that we're uh, going one direction or not, you're not going to like this segment. But it's news and we can't avoid it. And it's, it's we're leaving our opinions mostly out of it. Yeah, we don't have to we don't have to put our opinions in this time because everybody else is doing it for us. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, so the National Park Service has gone rogue. So has the FDA, NASA. Uh, in case you've been living under a rock somewhere, let's first backtrack and explain that. Uh, back it up, back the, it up. Uh, basically, there's been gag orders placed by the current administration on uh, of all. Th- I mean, OK, NASA. Sure. EPA. OK. The fucking forest department? <laughs> yep. Why are you gagging? Or anyways, this is all happened. That, so, uh, that was, I mean, that is that was the impetus because they did one yeah. specific thing, which is their Ex- job, by the way. Exactly. So let's skip ahead and just talk about that really quickly. So we explain why the National Park Service has found itself uh, under gag orders and not allowed to tweet, uh, because uh, basically. Uh, Trump didn't have much better to do after the inauguration except for pressure the Park Service to find proof for these his claims about his inauguration crowd. The National Park Service did tweet the uh, tweet out the famous photo that's been doing the rounds of the difference between the Obama inauguration crowd and the Trump inauguration crowd. Uh, that pissed off uh, Senor Trump. So uh, basically, he stopped. He basically demanded that they stop tweeting at all because. He didn't like their tweet. Uh, he called in the head of the National Park Service, Director Michael T. Reynolds, uh, to talk to him <laughs> because he's got nothing better to do than yeah. the first day of his presidency um, and ordered him to produce additional photographs of the previous day crowds that would show his, uh, his inauguration crowd in a better light. He believed that the media was fucking with him and lied in reporting the attendance. And uh, then, uh, yeah, just continued on. Uh, freaking out and shutting them down and then starting to shut down a lot of other services and putting gag orders on them. So there is a Twitter resistance going on. How much of this is real versus how much of this is people bandwagoning on and going, I'm going to make a rogue account now too, Yeah, uh, is, up, is up for grabs. But uh, on the plus side, uh, uh, hey, science. I just love it. Uh, the, the tagline, you can take our official Twitter, but you'll never take our free time. Oh, well, <laughs> one hopes. <laughs> because you know well if they get if, you can, they can certainly try <laughs> if they get caught they're gonna have a lot more free time i'm afraid yes they are uh, well you know and uh 
Some other people that have some free time that kind of felt the same way about this is the State Department, which basically resigned in mass the other day. So. They were well, they were asked <laughs> to leave. <laughs> the reports vary. First, for I think it's one of those uh, we're quitting. We, you can't quit. We're firing you. Yeah. I think it's, uh, that's kind of the way that one went. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of turnover going on right now. Yep. Yep. A little tumultuous. As uh, it were. Is that a word? Tumultuous? No, it is when I haven't when, had the appropriate amount of coffee yet. <laughs> I asked if you were appropriately caffeinated. Oh, I'm on a schedule, man. Okay. <laughs> well, I've talked about uh, the, you know, the Donald Trump Twitter account on the show before. And it turns out, yes. and we, you know, we, we discussed it saying that, okay, maybe it's better to have the information out there than whatever. And maybe Twitter should keep the account going. Well, there are protesters now, a whole dozen of them. Staging wow. a protest outside of Twitter's headquarters. Uh, and Twitter has declined to comment on the protest because it's 12 people. That's that's <laughs> there are more people that crap on the steps of Twitter's headquarters every day in San Francisco than actually showed up for this protest. So I, there are more people that just protest Twitter in general, in general. Than, <laughs> than, uh, than just this. Hey, look, I don't think anybody wants uh, wants uh, Donald Trump off Twitter more than Donald Trump's own administration. So <laughs> this is true. Ah, well, uh, Uber. We got a little Uber chat. Mm -hmm. I haven't haven't crapped on them in a while. No. Well, uh, you know, CEO Kalanick has uh, started talking to his employees about why that or he's defending their relationship with the Trump administration, which apparently a lot of employees take umbrage with. He says, Mm -hmm. we'll partner with anyone in the world as long as they're about making transportation in cities better, creating job opportunities, making it easier to get around, getting pollution out of the air and traffic off the streets. So. He's, also, he's, he's they're, they're both they're both they're both really into eventually saying you're fired. That's true, too, because all Uber wants to do is fire your ass and replace you with automated vehicles. So, yeah. OK, mm-hmm. moving on. We are closer to the doomsday midnight. Ah, yes, I haven't. Uh, I, I believe we're the closest we've been since 1950s. Um, 1953, as a matter of fact. And wow, uh, if you're interested a- in that date, go listen to the new Hardcore History with Dan Carlin. <laughs> uh, yes, I agree, actually. And I was I just find this interesting because, you know, this is a he, he they did want to take us back to a to a, a better time. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Right back to 1953. All righty, yes, and uh, of course, there's a, the the greatest uh, Iron Maiden song, Two Minutes to Midnight. Well, not the greatest Iron Maiden song, but a great Iron no. Maiden song, Two Minutes to Midnight, and uh, Two and a Half the Minutes greatest. to Midnight is a, a bad follow up. Yes, it is. It's no, it's no Die with Your Boots On, which uh, is the greatest Iron Maiden song. Oh my God, Brian, do yes. you you and I agree on the the greatest Iron Maiden song is Die with Your Boots On? Of all the random things for us to actually finally agree on, who'd have thought it was that? Seriously. I look die with your boots on is by far their finest song. I, 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 I got chills. I'm high fiving you right now, but you're not here, but I'm, I'm giving you a high five for having the, the, the greatest taste in Iron Maiden. Nobody agrees with me on that. You're the first what? person that's ever agreed with me on that. That's it is. It, it was, and it always shall be die with your boots. on. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I have a newfound yeah. respect for you. Now go gaze at your shoes and dye your hair black again. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Well, I was, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I was going to go with a really bad segue about hoping not to have to die with my boots on <laughs> anytime in the near future. But if things go on the way that they do, I might be an open rebellion myself. Um, this is from the EFF. Uh, they are not known for exactly making things up. So they're pretty good. Uh, 
unfortunately, uh, border agents have started to demand social media data from Americans. We had talked about how there was a there was a complaints being filed a couple weeks ago. Yeah, about because they've started to request the information, not demand. Uh, they've started to basically, you know, say, uh, what's your social media account information so we can have this on file and see what you're tweeting. Uh, now they are demanding social media handles and potentially uh, passwords. So they're <laughs> looking through your accounts, checking out your email, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, border agents also allegedly physically abused one man who refused to hand over his unlocked phone. Uh, if you're white... You don't need to worry yet. So far, it's just the brown people. First, they come for the brown people. Then they came for the white people. It'll it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's some bullshit. Uh, yeah, and do they, they and do they check it like right there? You know, my password is fuck you. One, two, three, four. <laughs> In related news, uh, the Trump administration keeps trying to put a border agent at the entrance to the Oval Office so they can get access to Donald Trump's Twitter account. <laughs> oh, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't quit your day job. I'm not. This is my day job, sadly. Uh, Twitter <laughs> has replaced the Moments tab with a new Explore tab instead. I never even used Moments or looked at it. It was Twitter's attempt to be with the Snapchatty type generation. Uh, they have not shared any meaningful metrics around Moments since launch. Shocking, a company not sharing any metrics about their products with people that they are trying to convince to use them. Uh, and uh, so now it's gone. Yeah, hit or miss, hit or miss with with the old Twitter nowadays. I just, I don't know. I I still want my six pack, so I hope they do good this year. Look, all I, yeah, I know. All I got to say about Twitter is it's it's definitely it's it's got a resurgence thanks to what's going on in the world politically because that's what uh, that's where people go. I think that what I heard recently, the the best one I heard was uh, Facebook is where you go to share your life, Instagram is where you go to fake your life, and Twitter is where you go to hate your life. (laughs) I love that. I love yeah. that. You got to write that down. I, I don't think we could fit that on a bumper sticker, but it's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's what's going on right now. <laughs> uh, back to a little AI news. Uh, the partnership on AI. I believe we talked about these guys when they formed a while back. You remember them? Yeah. Yes. Yes, we did. We did uh, discuss this. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's an they, AI they, think tank, basically. Yes, which, you know, basically means a lot of money is going to go down a drain somewhere and we're not going to hear too much come out of it. No, pretty much. But Apple has now joined Amazon, Google and Facebook in the project. So, uh, you know, we've got so all of these in-home devices will be able to talk to each other, but nobody still will know what it means. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, Well, if you end up talking about this all on Facebook and you're worried about border agents taking your passwords, you can now use NFC to lock down your Facebook page. Uh, Security keys, uh, including physical USB devices, are now uh, supported by Facebook if you feel the need to, you know, lock down your photos of your cats that badly. Well, well, you know, some people might want their Facebook locked down, but uh, this is true. There's there's there are a lot of use cases where you definitely want it locked down very well, you know abused wives running from their husbands, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So there are legitimate use cases. And uh, I have a link in here for the FIDO U2F security key, which is one of the uh, premier partners with this new initiative. It's 18 bucks on Amazon Prime. I've got one coming so we can test it out and uh, we'll report on it in uh, the next show or two when it gets here. Yep. Pretty interesting. So uh, give it a go. Let me know how that works. Not that I will be using it anytime soon, but I, yeah, sure. So hey, now, yeah, now they don't have to steal your password <laughs> from your phone or get you to unlock your phone. They can just steal your car keys because most people will just put this on their car keys. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, every valet in, in town will have access to your Facebook account. Mm-hmm. Good times. Uh, or you could uh, 
go the uh, Pulp Fiction route and shove that uncomfortable hunk of metal up your ass for a couple of years and really of try and find it. <laughs> well, if you're trying to get, I, I just thought about that. If you're trying to get past the border agents, that's about the only place you can put it for a while or, until that becomes part of the search. <laughs> oh, America, uh, Yahoo. Yes. Pushing back their acquisition date because the SEC is reportedly investigating them on why it took so amazingly long for them to disclose that they were hacked. And it, uh, the reason it took that long is because they got found out. They never would have disclosed it, yes, but they, they got weren't busted. Going to. Exactly. They were not going to ever disclose the information. Uh, it was disclosed for them. That's yep. the way it works. So if any, if you're going to be investigating anything or talking about length of Yahoo, it's why the fuck they're still around. Alibaba. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, good times. Or Altbaba now, or whatever they're going to call it. Oh, yeah, whatever the Alt- hell they're calling it. The damn thing. Clusterfuck is what they're calling it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in good news. Yes. The Chan Zuckerberg Initiative is acquiring the search engine Meta. This is a science search engine. Science. They're going to clean it up. It's got 26 million research papers in it. They're going to clean it up, make it usable. It, it's an AI-powered research search engine. So there you go. Some more AI for your for your uh, your cocktail. Well, uh, good on them. I support this, and I hope that they get this up and launched right before it gets a gag order. Well, he's, they bought it. Why would they get a gag order? <sighs> the government. Okay. Good times. Moving on. So, uh, yeah, moving on. Jay-Z is selling a third of title. Is that worth anything? Apparently, $200 million. Yeah. So that puts title's value at $600 million, which I still think is a stretch. Uh, Sprint is buying it. Uh, I don't get that. Um, it is part of uh, the death of net neutrality, however, because Sprint has gone on record saying that uh, they will be getting uh, Sprint customers will get exclusive artist content not available anywhere else. And there will be no fee for streaming for certain tier levels over at Sprint. So they are buying a piece of a music streaming company to provide that as a loss leader for their phone services. Good times. Yeah, let's buy a let's buy a service that nobody wants mm-hmm. to put on our phones that nobody wants. Well, to be fair, I, I do believe Tidal is actually uh, good for the urban market. I don't know if that is uh, something that uh, Sprint sees itself as the leader in. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it, it makes next to no sense. And I'm not surprised at all that Jay-Z is trying to get out. He's been trying to get out for over a year. It's just he finally found somebody that would actually pay some money for this thing. <laughs> he finally found a mark. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a great article in Wired. About uh, and I love this rogue scientists race to save climate data from Trump. <laughs> uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Uh, uh, no, this was yeah. during this was during the uh, the inauguration that they were trying to pull this stuff out. It's ah. this was like because when when the administrations change, as we saw, the entire you know uh, whitehouse.gov website fucked. just goes away. They switch. Yes. <laughs> um, and that was one of the things that bugged me about what people were saying this week, where it's like, oh. They took down all of these pages for environmental issues, LGBT, QRSTUV issues mm, yes. um, when when the switch happened. Well, they didn't take they took down the entire website is the issue. It's like they didn't recreate what Obama had and said, oh, well, let's let's cherry pick. It's like they made their own website and that just went up, you know? Yeah, uh, well, people were a little. You know, people went crazy. People were touchy. Yeah, people, very touchy. This people week. went a little insane this week. And, and I mean, to be fair, it didn't really turn out well. 
Um, so most of the time we were right, but people did freak out be uh, ahead of time and didn't give things their proper due and freaked out about things that are just normal that would have happened no matter what the administration was. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. everybody's got to chill out a little bit. Settle the fuck down. But mm. these guys were uh, taking like getting the data out to protect uh, just environmental science data and research data. Yeah. And, and they had to do I, I do not. I know exactly what they were going through. You know, basically trying to build these pages on the fly to scrape them to get the information out of the database to recreate the database instead of just owning <laughs> the database where you can just get the data and then rebuild the pages. So yes. I, I this is this made my we've brain. All, hurt. We've all been there. Well, <laughs> people like you and I have been there. So. Yes, <laughs> it is not fun. It, it is no. a it is a it fuster is, cluck. Yes, it is. It's about probably the worst thing that I've ever done. Yeah. So um, and let's go back to a little bit of uh, universal basic income. Ubi. Okay. Let's talk about some mm-hmm. Ubi. So you, we know we've talked about a bunch of the different studies that are actually starting up right now, right? Yes. Uh, we've got this one guy who we. It, I I swear to God, this this makes me sad that this guy is the uh, the face of universal basic income. Oh dear. His name is Uha Yarvinen. Uha mm-hmm. Yarvinen. He's Finnish. So this, yeah. this this first study comes from Finland. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Uha Yarvinen. You're making fun of the name, but it's like the John Smith of Finland. That's what I'm saying. But I'm trying to pronounce yeah. it. If it, you know, I, okay. if he if he was from Sweden, I could totally nail it. You know, work, work, work. Mm-hmm. But he's from Finland, and I, I'm my Finnish accent's a little off. Thirty-seven yeah. years old, wife, six children. He should mm-hmm. use his basic income to buy a fucking TV. I don't know do. how any <laughs> anybody with that beard ends up having six kids. That's my point. You okay. got everybody's got to go look at the picture and see this guy's is it a little Tutankhamun chin beard that looks like it's like full of algae. It is disgusting. And I was hoping that he took some tree stuff and made it and stuck it on. And it was like a funny photo and it doesn't actually exist, but I think it exists. Yeah, so, me too. This is the guy who is like the the face of Finland's uh, universal basic income uh, project. So. It made me sad, but I'm glad they're still doing it. But, they, you know, they're yep. only getting 590 bucks a month. But the the whole point is they were saying that everybody's worried that if everybody gets a universal basic income, they're just going to spend it on what they call temptation goods, you know, smokes and booze. Yeah. And it and it turns out a uh, the research done by the World Bank said that, no, actually, consumption of alcohol and tobacco went down. Once they got a universal basic income because they were trying to use that money to get their life on track. And they said, hey, use this to help your kids like on the actual money, like in the envelope. Use this to help your kids. Use this to buy food. And they actually did it. So it's it's, nice. Yeah, it's got the research is actually coming along really well. So (laughs) when uh, when we need some money, we're going to move to Finland. Damn right. And grow out a strange beard. (laughs) I can't grow a beard. So (laughs) unfortunately, genetics, family curse. I look like yeah, really? basically an old Italian woman when I try and grow out a beard. I'd have that guy's beard by 5 p.m. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big, strong Brian and beards. That's right. Uh, we've talked about delivery services and how much I can't stand them. Yes. These uh, freelance delivery services. Well, yes. Turns out there's a new thing in uh, in a couple cities. This is mainly New York that uh, the articles that I found about uh, mm. these were. Uh, they're called ghost restaurants. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're leveraging small kitchen space and these on-demand delivery services to outsource the delivery, but just cook the food and not have to spend the huge rent on the yep. places where people can come put their ass and eat. I yep. think it's well, I mean, genius. It's a, it's a slightly more legal version of the food trucks. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's basically what they're doing. So I, I'm down with it. I like this. I wish there was more of this going on. There's there's a bit of this going on in here in the Venice Santa Monica area. It's a, it's definitely it makes sense in areas like this where um, there's just a massive disparity between incomes. Uh, there are people here that are you know students and just getting by, and they're insanely rich. All the Silicon Valley people that have moved in, and uh, rents go through the freaking roof. Uh, all the restaurants become super expensive because the rents have gone through the freaking roof. So Things like this uh, rise, you know, Brooklyn here. I mean, that's the, it makes total sense. And I'm totally up for it. It's awesome. Yeah. At the end of the article, though, they, they make a very interesting point. These guys are struggling because even though mm-hmm. the, you know, the overhead is low, the margins are still like ridiculously thin. Yeah. But what they're missing out on is booze revenue. Yeah. That, that a lot well, of restaurants. That's, yeah. That's where that's they how make most it. Restaurants make their money. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So and they don't get that. So you're still better off owning the liquor store around the corner from this restaurant. Probably, probably. Yeah. So. Uh, you and I love our Alexas. Yes, I do. And we've been using them a lot. And a lot of people out there are using the Google Assistant and enjoying that as well. Uh, the problem is people are not sticking with all the different apps that are being built for it. Um, 69% of the 7,000 plus, I can't believe there are 7,000 of these things, Alexa skills or the voice apps that you have have zero or one customer review. Well, so the thing is, low it, usage. It, it's actually really easy to make one. I researched yeah. this. We can, we could, you and I could sit down and put an Alexa skill together uh, by three in the afternoon. It's super I, I easy. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had thought about doing a grumpy old geeks thing for the flash briefing because, you know, why not? But, uh, you know, if it doesn't update every day, it's kind of useless. It does. Oh, oh, well, the, the problem is you're not going to update it every day. Yes. Yeah. Until, you know, unless podcast one works out real well, we're not going to be doing daily shows anytime soon. <laughs> Up to um, speed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I agree with this assessment. I mean, I use mine for morning news. I check weather. I do the music player, but that's really about it. Um, a lot of the different briefing skills suck. I, I don't keep anything that isn't read by a human. If it's if it's a news report and it's the Alexa voice oh, shooting gone, it out, gone. Uh, it's gone, <laughs> gone immediately. So the, the article goes on to say that uh, developers uh, for Alexa and Google Assistant uh, Sometimes enable voice apps. There's only a 3% chance on average that a person will be an active user by the second week. That is beyond low. That's ridiculous. Um, the hard part but- is you're learning a new vocabulary. And I have like maybe 30 or 40 skills installed on my Alexa. I can't mm-hmm. remember a goddamn one of them. That is a big problem. I don't remember things. Also, the interface to find skills is horrible. Terrible. There, there aren't really even categories. You're just scrolling down some horrible long no. list. Any, anytime I'm trying to find anything new to add to my flash briefing, I'm getting, you know, reams and reams of local news stations from, you know, Pawtucky. <laughs> yeah, Poughkeepsie. And, and, <laughs> Poughkeepsie. And I was like, I don't get it. It's really hard to find skills. Uh, the, so the store interface store it's not even a store. The, the interface for adding skills is crap. Most of the skills are crap. The barrier to entry to developing skills, as you said, Jason, is really low. So a lot of people have just made stupid, you know, idiot things that they basically just did as a test and then put it out in the wild because why not uh, clean that crap up, have some sort of Yahoo system hey, well, buy, or- buy, buy, buy Yahoo to use their old <laughs> method for for finding skills. But yeah, I mean, the whole other aspect of it is you're learning a completely different way to interface with a technology and people just aren't doing it. Yeah, no, I, I, when I was trying to put new stuff on there, I would actually take a post-it and stick it on uh, the the tube so I would remember <laughs> what was on there. But then I'm like, yeah, oh, it's just ugly having post-its on there. And then I ended up not using the stuff anyway. I think Amazon should, you know, I know they're trying to build the ecosystem, 
Yeah. I swear, if they put a $5 paywall in front of actually creating a skill, it'd get rid of yeah. 90% of the crap. Five bucks yeah, a month to keep your skill up there. I would pay that if I was going to do it. Yeah, I agree. People never really think about that. And it's so true. It's just make it a slight, a slight bit of effort. And it knocks out half of the people that are just causing you the worst problems. Add just another checkbox and you'll probably cut down half of the people. <laughs> that is so fucking true. But, you know, I, I, I totally agree. And I wish it was better. And on the, you know, their interface side of things, Amazon has really bad UI people. They're terrible. Mm. The I unfortunately am signed up for Amazon Music for a year because I forgot to go cancel it. And I'm like, I'll keep it. Whatever. It works with the thing. Yeah. Worst interface out of. I mean, I, you thought iTunes was bad. Holy <laughs> shit. Amazon Music interface. I, I scream at it. I'm just trying to like find one song. and It's like, would you like to find something in in country and Western? I'm, no, no. I, I want this song. I typed in the name of the song. And even with Alexa, it's just it's miserable. But the one redeeming feature of the Amazon music app, which I think is the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. It's called X-ray lyrics. Have you seen this? No. So I'm going to go see Hamilton on Sunday and I'm like trying to listen to it because I can't, I, you know, it's rap and hip hop and all that. I'm like, ah, I can't understand what these kids are saying, but in on my phone, it just automatically plays the lyrics beat by beat with the song. So I can learn the lyrics as it goes. And it's just built in. Wow, that's Which pretty is cool. Pretty cool. You got to admit <laughs> that is pretty cool. I will definitely check that out. So, okay, moving on. Sorry, uh, voice activated people. Maybe they need an AI to tell us in the morning. Hey, would you like to try all of the skills that you've forgotten about? Yep, <laughs> something like that. We need something. Uh, okay, back to Uber. Our friends mm -hmm. at Uber, and this is this this is an interesting uh, article because it kind of comes back to. What we talked about with uh, the Amazon employees in Scotland and uh, actually tech people in Silicon Valley. Uh, mm -hmm. It's from Bloomberg. When their shifts end, Uber drivers set up camp in parking lots across the United States. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, it, this is going on all over the place. In Chicago, Walter Howard sleeps most nights at the Uber terminal, which is basically a 7-Eleven. <laughs> I, I left my job thinking this would work, and it's getting harder and harder, Howard said. They have to understand that some of us have decided to make this a full-time career. Well, no, it's not a career. It's not. They don't have to understand it. You have to understand that they're going to fire you as soon as they can. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are trying uh. to make like 300 bucks a day, and they're usually coming around with 230 bucks a day. How do you right. get to, was that $85,000, $90,000 uh, number that they kept throwing around? Oh, yeah. The average, uh, the average that most people make working for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh. Sorry, guys. Uh, well, Uber is not I mean, short term money. If you got to do it in a pinch, just not a career. Yeah. Side job. If you want to make some extra cash, I get that. Not a career. No. You want a career? You come here to L.A. and you get started digging. Elon Musk says he may start building a tunnel under L.A. as early as next month. This guy does not fuck around. No, he does not. <laughs> I want to like know. What, I want to know what vitamins he takes every day because this guy's got some energy. I know he was on what he was on a freeway a month ago in L.A. and said to hell with this. I'm going to make a company called uh, whatever the hell he ended up calling it. And uh, here we go. We're going. Hey, what the hell? Why not? Let's do it. I, it and he just it, it's like he gets it in his craw and he get, gets it done. There was a story going around a while ago about uh, someone tweets to Elon Musk about this problem. And six days later, it was fixed. You remember those tweets? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, well, basically what it was was my friend Loic, who has a Tesla, 
was like, I'm going to go charge up my Tesla and these people are hogging the the charging stations. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's the one that tweeted to Elon. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Loic's doing that. And then six days later, Elon's like, yeah, yeah, you get billed if you don't move your ass when your car's charged. It's like, <laughs> that was easy. If we could only do that with another, uh, you know, prominent Twitter account out there, that we could maybe get some change from. How if great only. would that be? If only. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And speaking of that, uh, we've got a cognitive bias cheat seat simplified. This is one of the coolest things I've, I've read recently. Um, you know, uh, no political thing here whatsoever just the four conundrums of the universe that lead to all cognitive biases the first being there's too much information secondly there's not enough meaning third there's not enough time and resources and fourth there's not enough memory go read this uh it will change the way that you think about a number of things that are going on right now yep and it's written by buster benson who uh i love because he wrote the original 750 words app that we used to talk about all the time on the show Ah, uh, yeah, very cool. And he works at Slack now, so he's a he's a smart cookie. I like that guy. Excellent. Uh, remember the publishing platform Ghost? Uh, vaguely. So <laughs> they were an open source Kickstarter type of thing yes. from way back. They're mm-hmm. one of the few uh, profitable companies that are doing publishing platforms. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hello. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And yep. uh, so these guys have come up with a new way for uh, journalists to kind of publish their stuff. I tried to dig into it a bit, but the most amazing thing about this is there are other companies out there that are not WordPress that are doing publishing systems that look nice and are profitable. Right. So good for them. Yeah, good on them. Okay. Very cool. Security? Ha! Well, it's been a week and we're still here, so we thought we'd have Dave Bittner from the CyberWire back to uh, give us a rundown on the scary things happening this week in cybersecurity. We're still here, too, guys. <laughs> woo <Woo-hoo>. Yep. <laughs> we're excited to be here. Uh, so, uh, we, you know, we, 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 uh, we soldier on and uh, lots going on this week in the cybersecurity world. Um, you think? <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to some of that uh some of that stuff in, in a little bit, but I wanted to lead off this week with um, the return of Fancy Bear. Uh, as you know, you know Fancy Bear is one of the um, one of the, the the name that was given to one of the the exploits, uh, the methods that the Russians were using uh, to hack the DNC, among other people. Now I get uh, Fancy Bear and Cozy Bear mixed up. What's the difference? Well, they they come from two different uh, Russian organizations, so. Mm. Um, uh, Fancy Bear comes from the GRU, which is Russia's military intelligence. So that would be the equivalent of the U.S.'s uh, NSA, basically. Okay. Um, and the FSB, uh, Cozy Bear comes from the FSB, which is the KGB successor organization. Um, and so the reputation of the two of them is that um, Fancy Bear is kind of the the noisy one, and Cozy Bear is the quiet one. Um, just meaning that you know Fancy Bear isn't that hard to find, make sort of, uh, makes its presence known and, and cozy bear is, uh, much more stealthy, which makes sense given their individual, you know, histories and the, the parts of the Russian intelligence service that they come from. So, uh, fancy bear, uh, is back. Uh, there's a report, uh, this week that, uh, they found fancy bear in a UK television station. Um, this is a, a report uh, in the international business times, that um, Fancy Bear has been uh, has been discovered. Uh, uh, analysts from SecureWorks, which is a cybersecurity firm, 
Um, they say that um, Fancy Bear was in this UK TV station. They're not naming the station, but that it's been in there. Uh, they detected it, or, or I'm sorry, they gained access back in July of 2015, and it remained undetected for about a year. Hmm. So, uh, you know, interesting stuff. Uh, certainly no one thought that uh, the Russians were just going to pay attention to the U.S. and the U.S. elections and leave everyone alone. But, <laughs> you know, more evidence that um, the Russians are uh, allegedly the Russians. I mean, that's all signs point towards the Russians. Uh, it's pretty much uh, a, a settled uh, attribution. But, um, you know, interesting that they've taken up residence in a U.K. television station. And you can imagine some of the reasons why uh, information that a television station would have might be interesting to uh, a foreign country. Hmm. I've seen V for Vendetta. He went after the TV station. So, no, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you think about, you know, stories that reporters are working on, uh, you know, even things like sources, Um uh, of course, you know, business information and so forth, you know, all of these are things that a foreign government could use uh, to their advantage. Um, you know, at this point, it's sort of espionage kind of stuff. But, um, you know, Fancy Bear uh, poking her head up is uh, certainly uh, worth taking notice. And of course, people are concerned about the upcoming elections throughout uh, the EU, um, that the Russians could be doing, uh, you know, similar things that they've been alleged to have done in our most recent uh, U.S. election. So there is an alternate explanation here. Yes. They're just really big fans of Top Gear and they couldn't get around the BBC's uh, <laughs> location awareness and not, not letting them play on the iPlayer. There you go. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's a theory. But remember, Sherlock was uh, leaked early as well. By, it was a Russian language leak that was uh, out there. So maybe this is uh, we're getting we're getting uh, closer to the trail here. Could be. <laughs> Could be. Somebody needs to hire somebody like Sherlock to go figure out how Sherlock got Sherlocked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, obviously, you know, we're going to keep an eye on that uh, and, uh, you know, where, see where else uh, Cozy Bear and Fancy Bear, uh, you know, get their paws in other people's business. All right. Um, another story is uh, there's a site called Leaked Source. Have you guys ever heard of Leaked Source? Yeah, we've talked about them on the mm -hmm. show a couple times when the big hacks come out. And you can go, you used to be able to go check your, uh, to see if you were hacked, right? You could check to see if you were hacked, but uh, you had to pay a fee in order to do so. So um, that got uh, some people's dander up about that. Uh, but then also the other thing about leaked source is that they would decrypt the passwords uh, that were leaked. So they would take a <laughs> database of. Yeah, they take a database of leaked passwords and uh, for your convenience or, oh, I don't know, maybe someone else's convenience, they would decrypt those passwords. And so anyone with a subscription could um, have access to the free and clear, you know, usernames and passwords. Um, so that, well, you know, that's, sources, you know, it sucks because we're talking about them in the past tense because they no longer cease to be. But that, I didn't know that they were decrypting passwords. That would have been a nice resource to have. <laughs> I could have had some a fun with that. <laughs> yeah, so um, they're gone. Uh, they have been shut down. Um, uh, someone on a, an online uh, web forum said that um, they're gone and they're claiming that uh, U.S. law enforcement have uh, come in and shut the service down. Uh, I don't think many people are surprised that they would have been uh, shut down. But, um, <laughs> you know, it happened 
uh, quickly and quietly. Um, there's word that uh, perhaps their databases have been shared with other people, so it could pop up somewhere else. Sort of an interesting sidelight to this is that um, the, the story in Ars Technica talks about how uh, leaked source was quite often the first uh, place that a, a large uh, breach would show up. Oh. Um, so leaked source was very good at sort of, uh, you know, um, uh, scraping around on some of the online online uh, underground forums looking for these databases. And when they showed up, they would then share them in this more easily accessible public place. So a lot of journalists subscribed to and relied on leaked source as sources. Um, journalists, in addition to researchers and, and, and hackers and so forth, but people who just wanted to, to know what was the, the latest breaches. So, uh, sort of a, you know, a, a little, um, unintended consequence of this is that that early source that some people had become to rely on, uh, even though it was a, perhaps a bit unsavory is gone, mm. <clears throat> but you know, yay for law enforcement. I, I think <laughs> we hear so many about so many stories about, you know, the bad guys doing their things, especially with ransomware and so forth that, um, and the, the, the uh, the law enforcement uh, shutdowns are seem to be few and far between. So, I think it's good uh, when these things do happen to remind people that you know there are good guys out there working on these things actively, trying to shut them down, and in some cases having success doing it. Well, it, they said that the the owner wasn't arrested, but like, what would they charge him with on this? Because he's just basically taking the data that somebody else hacked and redistributing it. But uh, I'm just trying to figure well, out what the legal angle is on that. I don't know. I mean, I wonder if you could have a um, like a digital millennium copyright act on the fact that he was decrypting stuff. Maybe. Yeah, that's kind of re- that's kind of a reach. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they yeah. probably put it under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much put anything under that. Yes. That's so damn vague. <laughs> Logging in in the morning is, is under the Computer yeah. Fraud and Abuse Act. Yeah. Forgot to clean up after your dog this morning, and someone will come <laughs> after you for. Or some stretch for that. But, uh, it's yeah. like it's one of those laws like they have with uh, uh, I got a ticket one time and I got a ticket for speeding. But then they gave me one for improper lane usage, which is just an it's, yeah. it's an add on. It's like, you know, would you like to supersize that ticket? Sure. Here. Right. So yeah, throw it on and see what it sticks. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, if anything uh, happens and in terms of any charges or anything like that, if this pops up in, in another uh, in another uh, incarnation, another form. But uh, it'd be on the, the moment, dark web. <laughs> yeah, for the moment it's gone. Okay. Well, I missed missed the boat on that one. <laughs> uh and and uh, another interesting kind of uh policy uh story, you know, sort of uh reaching back uh you know, back towards election time. Um it, the feds have launched an official investigation into why the Department of Homeland Security may have hacked into the Georgia State governmental network, which includes its election system. <laughs> uh so say what? <laughs> well, and and you know it's interesting how much of this is is procedural or or whatever. But uh, it seems like there's been some. This is a story in uh, the Daily Caller. Uh, it seems like there's been some bad blood between the uh, the Georgia Secretary of uh, State's net Secretary of State um, and uh, the Feds. Um, the uh, folks in Georgia have uh, been upset that the Feds have uh, have designated election systems as critical infrastructure. Um, the people in Georgia say that that's a, that's a, they, they say it's a political power play to federalize the elections. Um, you know, they want elections to stay state run and they want the feds to stay out of it. So during the election, the, um, 
the the feds uh, it, it seems they they scanned uh, several of Georgia's systems that included their election systems. Um, and uh, Georgia wants to know why. And um, so the feds have said, yeah, we're gonna take a look at that and we're gonna we're gonna see if there's anything to that, you know. Uh, it's a valid, this, it's a valid uh, concern. It's a valid concern. You know, was was this the equivalent uh, of someone uh, just sort of going around and you know, checking the doors to see if the doors are unlocked? You know, was it uh, could it have been that they were sort of trying to rattle George's cages saying, you know, oh, you know, you don't like what we're doing? Well, you know, here's uh, t- how, how do you like this? Um, do we so, know? Do we know the extent on how far they went? I mean, this could just be a simple port scan of the network that got picked up. Which also, yeah, by the way, I, you can I, go to jail for against the computer fraud and abuse act for a board scan. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it wasn't much more than that. Okay. Uh, that it, you know, they they didn't get in. They didn't get in and you know rattle around and and uh, poke around and and you know <laughs> change any data or anything like that. Uh, but the very fact that they were scanning um, has uh, gotten uh, the folks in Georgia upset at them. Um, and I think it's a it's a reasonable uh, question. And so um, you know, I, I think good for DHS that they've taken the complaint seriously and are going to take a look at it. And if it was inappropriate, you know, whatever response is appropriate, either a slap on the wrist or someone, perhaps someone losing their job or something like that. And we'll see where it plays out. But, but uh, you know, this on, on the run up to the election, the Fed said that they were going to try and help everybody, you know, make sure that their election systems were secure. So they may have done this to every state. And just tried to go and just do a basic scan on everybody to see if there were just if there were any anything egregious opened, you know, that anybody could just walk right in on, which right. to me would make sense if, if you know, DHS it does is doing make that. Sense. It does make sense. I could also see the other side of it of, you know, that guy in the in your neighborhood who walks around, walks up to everybody's front door and turns the front doorknob to find out who keeps their houses unlocked. And, uh, you know, well, that motherfucker's going to get shot. (laughs) Sends sends everyone a friendly letter who keeps their front door unlocked saying, hey, your front door's unlocked. I noticed the other day, you know, that person might get a a visit from the Neighborhood Association. He'll he'll be in the hospital because he's going to lose an arm. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So we'll see how it plays out. Okay, that's an interesting one for sure. So um, now this one was just because, you know. The the White House knows cyber, you know, they really, really know cyber. They're huge on cyber. They know the cyber. Yes, uh, yes they, they do know the cyber. Um, and Sean you know, Spicer. Actually, we're, oh. Well, I, I, I just have to say we're the cyber wire. So, you know, we know the cyber as well. And the wire. You, you got And the wire. Not yeah. just the cyber. We know the wire as well. So, yes. <laughs> Go on. So Sean Spicer uh, accidentally tweeted his password two days in a row, which was pretty humorous. Yes, yes. Baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> new on the job. I, I, what I love is that uh, some people responded and said, well, at least they were decent passwords. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the yeah. same thing. I'm like it, it wasn't POTUS1234. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Trump rules with a Z. Uh, <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. speaking of that and really knowing the cyber over there, uh, people are a little bit upset. Uh, with with our dear leader, 
Uh, apparently, he's still using his unsecured personal Android cell phone. People have figured this out because of not only, you know, the, his tweets are saying what his tweets are coming from. Uh, he's been caught in photos using it. Uh, he's been caught in video walking around using his unsecured personal cell phone still, which you're not supposed to be doing um, now that you are the the POTUS, not just the POTUS. And uh, yeah, so in addition to that, uh, people, because, you know, we know the cyber, people have done the thing where you, you know, you get a password reminder sent to your Twitter, so they've discovered that is, uh, he's actually still got his Gmail account connected to his Twitter account. Uh, update as, on that. They have changed them all. I checked them all this morning. Well, thank God they finally <laughs> got around to that, because yep. I don't know if you recall, but a uh, big deal was kind of made about, I don't know, somebody like the person he was running against using an unsec- er, unsecured private email server. Yeah. Hmm, who would that be? Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know. know. It's, it's a little interesting <laughs> that, you know, they don't seem to give a shit now that they're in office. But OK. <laughs> hey, whatever. Uh, this hypocrisy uh, you know, among I, rival political parties. I'm shocked. Shocked. I, uh, shocked as well. That's so what I happens when you're winning. I did a little uh, Twitter survey because Twitter allows you to do these little little silly surveys at this point. So I just wanted to ask people out there what was the worst situation for national security, a private email server, any Rudy Giuliani website or an unsecure Android phone. (laughs) And uh, the unsecure Android phone is at 87 percent with Giuliani websites at 13 percent at the moment. So there you go. Um, My thought about this is, is, isn't there some sort of U.S. government geek squad that kind of rolls in with a, you know, American flag painted VW bugs uh, the second the president elect (laughs) is called that shows up? You know, here's your phone. Don't worry. We'll transfer all your contacts over. Here's a new laptop. We're going to move everything. Obviously not BitTorrent. You can't keep that. Uh, You use tablets. Here you go. Here's the secure ones. Doesn't that happen right away? Well, wouldn't that be the secret service? Yes. Yeah. So. I was wondering this exact same thing. And actually, um, I, I mentioned this offhandedly to someone yesterday. I was interviewing for our show, and, and he said that he, he this was an insider. He said, yes, the president had been given a secure phone. So I was doing a little digging this morning, you know, prepping for our show here today. And because I couldn't understand, I'd seen lots of reports saying the president was still using his own phone. I'd seen some reports saying the president had been, has been given a new phone. And the truth is that both things have happened. Um, coming up to, you know, before he was sworn in, the president was given an official secure phone, um, by, you know, by the secret service. And so that phone is the secure device, same sort of thing that president Obama had, um, that is an encrypted phone that he can use for all of his official communications and so forth. Um, however, uh, he still has uh, in his pocket or his bottom desk drawer or his whatever, tiny little hands, <laughs> his old Android phone that he is still using to tweet with. He can't oh, figure great. out how to change the password. That's why <laughs> he's still logged now, in on it. He's like, oh, I got a tweet from this thing. Right now, I don't I, I would imagine that it is quite likely that his new secure phone uh, cannot have a Twitter client on it. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's outside of the the realm of secure uh, apps on on the phone, or, or whatever it is. If nothing else, the uh, public relations department is telling him that it can't have a Twitter client on it because, <laughs> please God, let's get him off that damn thing. Right. <laughs> so, you know, puzzling through this, I think on the one hand you could imagine, all right, so he has. If they say to him, all right, fine, um, you know, you can use your old phone, but please just use it for tweeting and for nothing else. Um, 
you know, is is that really that different from him walking up to a, a computer with a web browser and tweeting? Um, and of course, the answer is yes, because <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> if this is a device that he's carrying around with him, and it is indeed, you know, according to photos and everything, it is an older Android device. So it is a device that it is not possible to bring up to date when it comes to security and uh, you know d- defending it against. Uh, you know, various modern exploits. As we know, one thing that can happen with uh, mobile devices is that they can be hacked to activate things like their microphones and their cameras and Bingo. You know, their, their proximity detectors, their GPS and all of those types of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, you, you can't look past that as being a huge uh, security hole. But on the other hand, I mean, goodness, there's a whole team of people whose job it is, is to keep the president safe and also to protect his communication. So I have to think that, I mean, obviously they've thought of this as well. So the flip side is, is that. Do you ever try and take it? Did you ever try and take a toy from a stubborn child who will just cry every time you take it away? Yeah, well, that's I, where I, I was going. Saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's I, I that's where I was going. Maybe not in those exact words, but <laughs> uh, where I was going with that was ultimately, you know, he is the commander in chief. He is the boss. So if he says, uh, no, I want to use my Android phone, um, I guess the best they can do is say, uh, yes, sir, Mr. President, uh, will you please allow us to secure it uh, in the, to the best of our ability? And um and 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 they're doing that. So it, it's a mystery. I, I it really is a mystery uh, as to why we are. I I I I guess what I'm saying is I'm hoping that there's more to this behind the scenes. Uh, and I, I'm 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 really trying to have faith in the fact that there must be more to this behind the scenes than there seems to be. <laughs> you know, I could basically apply that to the entire situation right now, not just the specific one. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Fun, uh, fun, fun. Yeah, okay. Week one. Week, week one. one. Okay. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. If we're here well, for week two, then we'll talk to you next week. Exactly. <laughs> All, All right, right, gentlemen. Have a good one. Stay safe out there. Okay. Now, I thought this one was a joke when I saw this come through my Facebook feed the other night or last night. Amazon has sold out of 1984 as America decides to read a goddamn book for once. This comes from Gizmodo. (laughs) If only you would have read this one earlier, everyone. Everyone, yes. I thought you were talking about me. I'm like, I read that when I was seven years old. Yeah, me too. God, I was such a geek. I had like sayings from the book written on my backpack. Uh, well, you know, hopefully, uh, may- maybe next time Fahrenheit 451 will get sold out and uh, A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, which I think is yes. a better book than 1984. But uh, I went and checked this last night and this morning. Sure mm. as shit. 1984 is sold out at Amazon. That is sad. I thought funny. it was a joke, but no. That's sad. Yeah. All right. The funny thing is, I think maybe episode two or three of this show, you know, mm-hmm. almost four years ago. I yep. I was in caught up in that 1984 gate on my Kindle where they pulled it back after I'd bought it. Right, right. Yeah. So I couldn't even buy it back then. I think it's on my Kindle now, but I'm not going to go read it again because I can just look out the window. <laughs> this is true. <sighs> uh, my first book for the week is Empire Games by Charles Strauss. 
Ah, yes, I saw that it was released. Yeah, new book and uh, not the laundry files. So I'm like, hey, let's give it a shot. I like it. <laughs> okay. I really actually like it. It's got, uh, it, it, it's kind of like uh, The Long Earth. You've got really. You've got you've got timeline jumping people that can go between Earths, okay, but not that many of them, and okay. it's extremely interesting. But uh, honestly, I'm really liking the the world that he's building here. This is book one, and I think it. I think he started to build this world in another series, mm-hmm. and kind of rebooted it for this one. But I like it. I, right. I'm really really liking it. I'm I'm almost uh, I think I'm about eighty percent of the way there on it, and I I'm digging it. Very cool. I will uh, potentially give it a shot. I think I want to finish up or catch up with the laundry files first. I'm not quite uh, caught up yet. So, okay. Uh, well, you better hurry up. There's a new one coming soon. That's what I heard. But we're going back to Bob. Yay. <laughs> Always go back to Bob. Always go back to Bob. Now, I sent you a book this week by Stephen Pressfield. Did you get a chance to read it? I scanned through it. This is not exactly what I would call a read it cover to cover book. Uh, it's called Nobody Wants to Read Your Shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why that is and what you can do about it by Stephen Pressfield, who, who you know, wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance and um, The War of Art and many other other amazing books. Um, yes. I just I got about halfway through this one and I'm just like, I was loving it. And I'm like, I got to send this to Brian because it could just be, it could as well been have said nobody wants to listen to your shit either. Yes, exactly. It's a treatise on, you know, how to be brief and get your message across, you know, for coming from the world of a novelist and an advertising writer. I I just loved it. I thought it was fun. Yes. As we slip into hour 2 of recording. Ah, tough shit. <laughs> the biggest the yeah. biggest podcast in the world in technology that we're going up against is 3 oh, hours God, long. 3 argument, hours long, same so argument every time. We'll every go with what week, we get. That's same right. argument. Shut the fuck up and tell me what you read. I read The Swarm, the second Formic War volume one by Orson Scott Card and Aaron Johnson, because I can't not stop doing this, even though I tell myself I'm not going to read these books anymore. Every time a new one comes out, I read it. It's me smacking you in the face. It was actually good. I mean, it's no Ender's Game. It doesn't have the impact. But if you're, you know, just a a, a quick read, trashy sci-fi war book, it's good. I I can't. Orson Scott Card is just such a terrible human being. I can't give him my money. I, I can't for anything other than the Ender series. I still read those damn things. But uh, yeah, I, I believe I talked about this last week. My ability to separate the horribleness of the actual person from the product that they produce. Okay. Okay. Next so. next week on uh, at the <clears throat> library, Mein Kampf. Okay. Funny. <laughs> also sold out. True. <laughs> Ups and doodads. Computer, start the segment. <laughs> yeah, I was going to use an image of Scotty from Star Trek Four holding up the mouse and talking into it for the artwork for this episode, but I had to go with something other Star Trek related. So, yeah. Yes, Amazon finally lets us have one new wake word. And it, yes. it's his computer. And I did switch over to it, and I love it. Of course you did. Pro- stick- problem is, it is way more generic than the other words that you can use, which means it's going to get triggered a hell of a lot more. Yeah, you can't listen to Radiohead's OK Computer. That's out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is I, I have not switched to it. I do like the the I just like, you know, I like it because of Star Trek. What's not to like about it? But I'm not going to switch to it. Um, it's, I was it's, having com- it's fun, though. It's fun. Trust it me. Is, it is very fun. I might switch the one in the bedroom. Just to do it, it for a day. It's fun. 
Sure. Um, do you, you, you do it in the Scotty kind of tone, don't you? I, yes, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, kind of, I kind do. of lilting up at the end. Computer. Computer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really still want mine to. I, I, I want my wake word to be Klaatu. So, but it, we'll never get there. But we'll no, see. I was having that discussion with uh, with friends of the show, Mike and Fergal, last night because we had talked about how they added computer, and you know, it was oh, it's just a matter of time until they add everything. No, Mm-mm. no, it's not because no. they don't want they don't want any videos out there of people saying hey, fuck nuts or whatever, and and the thing responding, and uh, they can't use things that they're going to have to license because they're not going to pay for it. So you can't use anything like direct out of sci-fi or you know whatever because they'd have to actually pay to license it. You will never be able to go hey Han Solo or hey Millennium Falcon. It's not going to happen. But the thing so. is, I mean, they're they're still working on the training algorithms for it. Have you ever done the voice training with yours? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep doing that. And it does get it does make it a little bit better. And it's weird. Like some of the stuff it's like, uh, oh, was it uh, wake word uh, play album by Sade? And I'm like, OK, so what they're trying to figure out is if you know what how to pronounce you Sade. Pronounce <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's again, we, we were talking about that a little bit earlier in the program, but it is the same. You know, you have to invest a little bit to learn how to to use this it's not just it's not the the promised land of just being able to talk to a computer like scotty did it, it's you have to know the phraseology and the methodology you know my wife yesterday was was in <laughs> the room so funny <laughs> was screaming uh louder echo louder echo and i was like you gotta reverse it you gotta, you i, I cracked up when i saw that <laughs> So I mean, you have to you have to know how to use it. It's it's not uh it's not true. You know, you're not just talking to a computer. You are using coded words in a programming language. You're just saying them out loud. And if you fuck up the order, it's not going to work. So, but they have to be able to do some fun stuff. Like for Christmas, I want to be able to say on Donner and have it wake up. You know, on Blitzen, <laughs> that would be quite good. You I can like have that. some fun stuff with it. So they just need to work on it a little bit. Yeah. So I've uh, found a new website that uh, for my life right now is actually pretty good. It's called Fatherly, fatherly fatherly.com. And uh, there are these durable sock shoe hybrids for workouts uh, called Skinners that are also apparently perfect for walking on Legos. No pain whatsoever. I've been informed that this is in my future. There is no way (laughs) to avoid basically screaming at uh, the top of your lungs in the middle of the night as you step on a Lego. So I might take a look at these shoes. I would highly (laughs) recommend it. If you've never stepped on a Lego in your bare feet, then uh, yeah. You're in for a surprise. Yeah, oh. I, I have not. So that uh, that should be interesting. <laughs> uh, so I tried to get my new, uh, you know, the little Apple ear snots. Yes. And they're six weeks out. I can't get them right. for another six weeks. So I ordered them. They're coming. And I just couldn't take it anymore because sadly, the other night I was uh, I was listening to my my, you know, my Hamilton on my iPhone. I took my headphones off, unplugged them from the uh, iPhone, reached behind me on the couch and put them on the side table. Well, right. I, while I was putting them on the side table, I just let them drop and they dropped right into my glass of wine. So, oh, good good job. there. I was out of headphones. So I'm just like, OK, well, let's let's see what we can get for now. So I got these. I, I went to Amazon and I did a search for Bluetooth headphones and it, I never would have bought this brand. They're called Tautronics. OK, Um, wireless 4.1 magnetic earbuds, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. Thirty nine or thirty seven ninety nine. And I looked at the ratings, they're 4.3 stars out of five with 5,700 reviews. I'm like, okay, law of averages, they got to be okay. They are. They're actually okay. really good. <laughs> I love All them. Right. Um, they're, they're my first set of, you know, Bluetooth with the little wiry thing. It's got the microphone and the up and down button and all that stuff on it. 
mm-hmm. battery is not great. I have to charge it every night, but um, yeah, they they fit fine. And the little magnetic thing is cool, is because when you take them out of your ears and they hang around your neck, they kind of clip together to make a really ugly necklace. Right. But but at least they don't go anywhere, you know. And for you know thirty eight bucks, these this is a great little set. And the one downside is they're very much like um the 501c3 whatever earbuds that you got me to buy mm-hmm. you cannot hear a lot about what's going on in the background but that also makes the music sound great so they right. actually sound pretty good okay so if you're looking for an interim pair that's you know in the 40 dollar range you can't go wrong with these i really like them they come with a bunch of different sizes for the you know the little cones and the little swirly things that you that hold them in your ear i i'm yeah I'm, and the nice thing about it is because since my ears are two different sizes I can change the size on one and the other, and then they can stay where they got to go. Gotcha. So All right. Check and, them out. All right. And then going back to the uh, Amazon Echo and making it really useful, uh, I've continued to argue that the one thing that we really need to get going with that is being able to control your TV and that whole system. The Logitech uh, Harmony was the promised land, which I got for Christmas and I uh, tried out and did not work at all. Uh, it was quite horrible. Um, it was non harmonious. It was non-harmonious. I mean, I couldn't even get it to work as a universal remote, much less when they tried to get to go with Echo. That was a total fail. Uh, so I got the Blue Moo, which is what you brought to uh, my attention, I believe, two weeks ago or something like that. This is something like that. Um, the, the Blumpy is what I was calling it, but the Blue yeah, Moo would be good. The Blue Moo. I have gotten it. Um, I have gotten halfway through setup. Uh, I haven't gotten to integrating with Amazon Echo yet, but uh, I do. The, the the setup process was a thousand times better than the Logitech Harmony. It, I've controlling as a remote in and of itself use with the app on my phone controls everything and it was reasonably painless to set up unlike the harmony so the next step for me is figuring out how to do echo integration documentation is not so great on that shocking it is pretty new so i'll give him you know a pass on that so but i'm getting there it does seem to me that i'm not going to be it's a bit clunky it's still going to be it's going to be like computer tell blue moo to turn the tv on so there's an extra step in there that one would hope and wish wouldn't be there, but you're not going to get there until Amazon basically does their own version of this. Yeah, it should yeah. always just be, you know, computer, turn on my TV. Well, you're dealing but, with namespaces there. So, yeah. 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 So uh, I'm going to continue on. I'm going to spend the weekend uh, trying to get it up and running with the whole Echo integration. And I'll let you know how it goes next week. Cool. How much was this thing? Uh, a lot cheaper than the Harmony. The Harmony was a hundred or ninety nine bucks. Uh, right now the Blue Moo is sixty bucks. Prime, free, same day shipping on oh, Amazon. Okay, Ray. so I'm I'm gonna hold off till next week, and you let me know how it goes. And uh, if you if you give me the thumbs up, I'll I'll, I'll maybe try it. Because yeah, I mean, right now I can 100% tell you if you're just looking for a smart universal remote system that uh, does self-learning and, and all that sort of stuff, you can't go wrong with this. If you're holding off like I am for the Echo integration, I'll let you know next week. Okay, yeah, mainly I have to buy a new remote for my that shitty TV I bought. So it's like if this thing can save me from having to go out and buy a Roku remote, then it's worth the money because I'm going to spend just as much on one of those Roku smart voice remotes anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know if it, if there's a physical remote option, uh, but certainly if you're okay with using uh, your phone, um, the, the that all comes up and works perfectly. The phone's in my hand 24-7 anyway, so why not? There you go. Well, I'd say drop the 60 bucks anyways right now. Okay, on it. Media Candy. There's apparently only one Jedi, and he is the last one, because that's we don't what know. we finally we don't got the know. title. 
<laughs> we do have the title, but we do not know if Jedi is singular or plural. That is what every single blog and every single post all over the world, because we are in a clickbait society, is now talking about. Fucking nerds. Like, totally. <laughs> we do they're have they're the called title. a gaggle of Jedi. The official title, <laughs> a gaggle. I thought it was a, 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 a litter. It's a murder. It's a murder <laughs> of Jedi. <laughs> That's only if they're Sith. It's a murder of Sith. Okay. Oh, my God. We are geeking out so bad. Stop. Okay, moving so on. The title, the title is The Last Jedi. It came out. Yay. We're excited. Okay, we'll see. Hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed. Knock on wood. Um, no know. trailers yet. That'll that supposedly April, March, April was supposed to get the first trailer. Look, the last episode they redid four. So if this one they redo, you know, Empire. Empire. I, I'm yeah. down. I'm down. I agreed. Just hopefully for the last one they don't do uh, Return of the Jedi. So because <laughs> I don't want no fucking Ewoks. Uh, this week I watched a documentary called Earbuds, the podcast documentary. You're getting way too into podcasting. Uh, it's kind of my career. So yeah, I am. It's a, uh, it's an amazingly good documentary. I bought it. It was like 10 bucks. It's really fun. I was very skeptical going into it because I, there's another documentary out there on podcasting that I'm not looking forward to, but this one was really well done because it, it's made by podcasters. It's got right. Dave Anthony in it. It's uh, and the guys from comedy film nerds or something like that. I never listened to their show, but I just picked it up and started listening. It's pretty good. Uh, they're the guys behind uh, L.A. Podfest, too. So, okay. And it kind of made me want to fly out for it this year. They're announcing dates in, in February. So maybe uh, if if we have enough coin in the bank by September, I'll come out and we'll go hang out. Yeah, we should probably do it anyways. It looks Hopefully like we'll- it, it honestly looks like it's a ton of fun. <laughs> they have they have a lot of <laughs> behind the scenes stuff there. It looks really good. Um, and next up, uh, it's it's out. I just didn't feel like paying the money for it yet, but I'll get there. Uh, this is a new documentary by Alex Gibney, who's apparently that's he's like the master of the documentary now. So he did the Going Clear documentary mm-hmm. about Scientology. His new one's yep. called Zero Days. It's about yep. hacking. Oh, um, joy. Yeah, it kind of looks a little hyperbolic in spaces. So I was just like, yeah, maybe <laughs> I might have to wait till that is a rental, not a buyer. Because, you know, five bucks, maybe I'm good with. But 20 bucks, I'm, I'm going to hold off on that. <laughs> I agree. I watched uh, a series of unfortunate events. How unfortunate for you? The Lemony Snicket. Well, yes and no. I, I didn't watch all of it. I only watched two episodes. That's uh, as far as I got, too. <laughs> I, I love the books. I read the books um, when they first came out. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. And the casting and the the actors that they have chosen for this series are unbelievable. Um, Top notch. The kids are unbelievably fantastic. Uh, everybody is great. I don't know who they made this for. I don't either. It, it's it's too involved for kids. It's not interesting enough for adults. Uh, somebody, I look, I love me some Barney Stinson. I love me some Doogie Hauser. I love Neil Patrick Harris. Somebody's got to rein him in on this show. This is way too much. I don't remember a lot of singing and dancing uh, from Olaf when I read the books. <laughs> Um, I don't remember a lot of big show tunes when I read the books, but uh, they this is Neil Patrick Harris gone wild. <laughs> He's gone this, wild. This, this, wild. Is better, this is the better name for the show. He's gone so, unfortunately uh, wild. Is <laughs> Yes, un- unfortunately wild. So sadly, I mean, the art direction, the sets, the costuming, the acting, the actors, all of it's great, uh, but it's completely unwatchable. It is. It is utterly unwatchable. I got... You know, at the very beginning, uh, the Limity Snicket character, whatever, the cop comes out and he's like, I don't know why you're watching this. Everything that happens in this show is bad. You're not going to enjoy it. I'm like, you're right. 
Click. He was, yes. <laughs> Sadly, unfortunately, they were correct about that. Absolutely so. correct on that. So I was like, yes, I'm done. Bye. <sighs> Yeah, it's it's just it's it's one of those things where all the elements are fantastic, uh, but it tastes like shit. Did you like the movie? It's just one of those menus. No, I hated the movie too. Okay, like good because I didn't I didn't care for the movie. That's why I'm just like, I I like Neil Patrick Harris, so I'll give it a shot. I gave it two episodes, fell asleep halfway through the second, woke up, and I'm just like, ah, done. Yeah. So, uh, what I did enjoy, I know I'm a bit late to it, and I've already been told I need to watch the '90s. I watched finally CNN's The '80s, and uh, because. You know, our age group, this is the exact uh, one that we're going to want to watch. It was absolutely fantastic. It was riveting. Uh, every single night I was watching a new episode. Uh, if you want an insight into the grumpy old geeks, all you have to do is watch, I believe, episode eight, which is 80s technology. It is awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Totally righteous 1980s technology, man. All right. Uh, but I, I enjoyed every single episode of it. They uh, they all obviously focus on different aspects of the 80s. Uh, there are 10 total, uh, about 45 minutes each. Uh, fantastic viewing right before you go to bed. I would just pop on an episode and, and watch it. Great. Uh, and How did you get them? Uh, they are on uh, Netflix. Uh, also, if you okay. can download they're on CNN's app, so you can you just use the CNN app as well. So, and most I I believe most cable providers probably have it on the on demand for free. So okay. it's it's widely available. So I'll probably watch the '90s next, but it's great. And as we talked about earlier, Hardcore History '59 has been dropped. The Destroyer of Worlds. It is six hours. Six hours, people, and it's a quote unquote Blitz edition. And yes. but at least he covers it at the beginning. He's like, uh, I don't think you know what Blitz means. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. He said basically, we have changed the definition of what Blitz, blitz is. <laughs> so this is alt. What? This is alt blitz. Yeah, this is the alt blitz. Kind of like uh, this episode is the alt uh, artificial intelligence. So yeah. uh, I am about halfway into it. It is fantastic, but I've got to be honest here. All I want is a new common sense from him. He has not done one since uh, basically t- three days after the election. So he, uh, he he just tweeted this morning that he cleared out his office of all the books that he did had for this episode, and then he's working on a new one. So it's coming. It's coming. All right. And he can knock those out pretty quick because that's just, you know, stream of consciousness. Him and his thoughts. And and one of the reasons I enjoy the common sense so much is is while we don't necessarily agree politically on everything, we definitely agree ideologically in that we don't like either one of the parties. (laughs) Um, And we do want a revolution, but we do want it to be bloodless. (laughs) So, Mm. yeah. Either way, I just know I I love I love all this stuff, but uh, I'm almost done with the Destroyer of Worlds. It's Mm. it's great. I love it. I I haven't been able to stop listening to it. Normally, when I take my bike rides, I, I try to you know do podcasts or listen to music. Uh, it's been nonstop, uh, nonstop doom and gloom and and atom bombs blowing up in my in my ears. Well, for, th- it's uh, three, the reason I only okay. have three hours of sleep last night. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not listening to Hardcore History yet, I cannot recommend it enough. And obviously, he does his Common Sense podcast as well, which is very very good. Indeed, um, we talked about Axanar. Before yes. uh, the Star Trek fan film that got a bunch of funding and is paying professional actors, but thought that they were being, you know, uh, oh, but CBS and Paramount are going to sue us because they're jerks. It's like, no, well, you're actually stealing very valuable yes. IP. Um, they finally settled. <laughs> yeah, they've okay. s- settled with CBS and they have to they have to abide by the fan film rules that CBS actually came out with because of these guys. Um, it can only be 30 minutes in total, so they're going to have to break it up. And the interesting thing is they can't have the actors back for recurring roles. So yep. in 
it's going to be interesting if they want to keep going with this. They might actually have to just do what, you know, everybody else in the world does and license it. If you want to build, if you want to make something, pay the licensing fee. Or more interestingly, they'll just be killing off characters all the time. <laughs> or maybe write a new story in a new universe like, you know, we need. <laughs> so. Yes, that would be nice. <laughs> yes, new stories are good people. They're very mm-hmm. very good. Um now, one of my favorite directors of all time has come back very stealthily and under the radar. John McTiernan has made his first film in 14 years. Uh, well, it was just Christmas, which means I just watched uh, Die Hard recently. Well, uh, hopefully you <laughs> listened to uh, the uh, Does It Have Legs podcast about Die Hard as well, which I know you That's, didn't. But No, I didn't. Of course not. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> he made a uh, commercial for Ghost or Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Okay. It's awesome. It is so good. It's like two minutes and it's awesome. I don't want to spoil it. Go watch it. Hopefully he's going to be back in the saddle again. I, I, I'm just, I'm happier than a pig and shit when I see this. Cause I love John McTiernan. I love all of his movies except maybe Patriot games. I wasn't a huge fan of that one, but that's because yeah, I loved, yeah. I love the hunt for red October. So I'm, I'm on team Baldwin with that. one. Yeah. I, I agree with you that total team Baldwin. 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 Yeah, well, since he plays Trump, you're on Team Trump now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, right. Big hat tip to Chris Piccioni from uh, the Under the Noise podcast for this one. It's how I found out about it. I loved it. Yes. Um, and uh, in the last of the media news, going to go see Hamilton on Sunday. Woohoo! Congratulations. It's a hard ticket to get. Uh, well, yeah, we've had this ticket for months. Um, and the funny thing about it is, I learned about Hamilton from the Adam Savage podcast. He was going on about it incessantly. And I'm like, oh, it's a musical about uh, Alexander Hamilton. Okay, great. Don't care. <laughs> uh, it, it's hip hop. Oh, I really don't care. <laughs> and my dad's like, hey, uh, Christmas present. We're all going to go see Hamilton. I'm like, great. Um, got me a big book about it. And then I finally sat down, like I mentioned before, you know, like trying to learn the lyrics and figure out what's what. Because I found if you're going to a musical, it really does pay to know a lot about it before you go in because you will enjoy it more instead of going, what the fuck did they just say? <laughs> um, and I'm hooked. It's really good. Damn it. All right. And on that note, I have to say, if uh, you're a fan of Drunk History, the Lin-Manuel episode about Hamilton is just hilarious. So... <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. So I'll I'll give you a review next week. But the best part about it, Wayne Brady is pay, playing Aaron Burr. I get to finally see Wayne Brady in person. I never really liked Wayne Brady. Hey, don't make him choke a bitch. <laughs> hunting unicorns, hunting unicorns. Just a quick update on our stock market game. Um, as we've discussed, uh, Jason and I both bought five different stocks with uh, roughly $10,000 of uh, funny money. And we wanted to see how we would do. Uh, you can see previous episodes or the website to see the exact stocks that we purchased. We will just keep this short. Jason is winning. He's so happy. Winning! Um, winning! Jason is up 4.97%. I am up 3.57%. Friend of the show, Mike, who is the control and was not allowed to have any tech stocks and just bought durables, still losing down 1.62%. So if you're keeping track, we're like, what, three, four, three weeks in now? Three or four uh, weeks, yeah. The winning basically has made $496.72. So we're not quitting day jobs. (laughs) No, absolutely not. We are not going Trent Hamilton style in day trading to make a living. Moron of the week. Ah, moron of the week. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with the Petus. The Petus? 
Cletus. Cletus. It's been eh, we're not what seven days officially. Uh, the inauguration was uh, last Friday. Um, we have uh, been downgraded from a full democracy to a flawed one in the annual ranking compiled by the British think tank uh, the Economist Intelligence Unit, which is part of the group which publishes the Economist Weekly. Uh, that's not good. No, that kind of it kind of blows. Yeah, that's not what you hope for uh, <laughs> as as the leading democracy in the world. Not anymore. So, yeah, not anymore. We're flawed. We're not. Uh, we're not winning anymore. And there is was a viral post that went uh, around on, I believe, on the twenty fourth, uh, starting. We are four days in. Pay attention, and then proceeded to list uh, fifty five, mostly kind of crappy things. Or no, I'm sorry, not fifty five. Thirty six claims um, of the first uh, four days that he did, and and generally not very good ones. Um, a lot of things about shutting down funding, a lot of things about gag orders, a lot of things that, frankly, are considered to be un-American and or immoral. Uh, the fact check was done on this by American News X, which we have put in the news link. Uh, of the 36 claims, 34 are verified 100% true. <laughs> two of <laughs> <Okay>. them. Two <laughs> don't of don't them need are, no Snopes for that one. <laughs> don't need Snopes for that. Uh, and the other two, not uh, untrue, just unclear. Okay, good times. All right, here's but you know what the greatest the greatest thing, the meme factories out there are oh churning God. shit out hand wow. over fist. The uh, the the uh, the garbage can that looks like Trump, be- beautiful genius. <laughs> Trump trying to put his pen back together. Everybody's just photoshopping him and playing with dinosaurs. <laughs> it's just look, it's I, so I much have, fun. It, I, the, I ha- yeah, I have not enjoyed the internet this much in years. It's just going outside of the house that's the scary part, but staying on the internet's pretty okay. Yeah, that part's not so great, but yeah, hey, hey we're still here. Brick a brick. Cards Against Humanity is looking for a new CEO. What? Um, they, yeah, they made a job posting in your in your neck of the woods, Jason, via Chicago Craigslist. Uh, the company said, uh, well, they're looking for something pretty specific. Um, I would have been interested in this gig, but I don't think I, I have the uh, required experience they listed. Um, uh, you you definitely minimum, don't. I'm looking at it now. You certainly don't. <laughs> a minimum of eight years experience as president of the United States of America. Okay. Um, ideally, a recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, mm-hmm. You may or may not have wasted an enormous amount of time and energy trying to get Hillary elected president. Um <laughs> Other requirements that they're posted would include strong public speaking spills. Uh, spills? You definitely don't have public speaking spills. Nah, nah, no, <laughs> you just, you just really. disqualified yourself on that one in situ. Not doing so well today as I listen to my child cry in the other room. Uh, the it steady disposition and remains cool under pressure. Also not really uh, your strong suit. No, not, not working for me right now. So, <laughs> yeah. And basically they placed an ad that is looking for Barack Obama to be their next CEO. Quite funny. Very funny. Those guys are pretty cool. Yes, they are. Speaking of Obama, there's a great story in Wired about his last law that he signed into uh, into law. I guess that would be. <laughs> I'm not the only one having some issues today. Oh, tell me, that's way too fucking early. Uh, the tested ability to leverage exceptional. I was going to say exponential, but exceptional talent act, also known as the Talent Act. Um, right. It 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 is about this program where tech people can come in and do like a very short tour of duty in the government to see if they like it or not. But the whole story of how they got this signed into the law at the last minute is really fun. It's very, uh, it's a nail biter. I highly recommend, uh, giving it a, a, a read because you have to All read right. it. 
Yes, you do. But the interesting thing about it is it's about the U.S. Digital Service, which uh, Matt Cutts, who mm-hmm. used to be the head of spam at Google, and I've known since he got that job. Great dude. Love Matt Cutts. Uh, very smart dude. Um, he quit Google and now works for the U.S. Digital Service as the chief, or director of engineering. So at least we got a couple good people in there doing what they very need cool. to do. So congrats to Matt on that one. Congrats. Uh, I found something on a cool site. Anyways, interestingengineering.com. If you're into this sort of thing, you should check out the site. They've got a lot of stuff that you can look through that's really cool. It's a lot of ease um, in that domain name. <laughs> Just looking at yes, it. <laughs> there are a lot of ease. Um, the Hyperloop One project is yeah. creeping closer and closer to reality very slowly. Uh, a graphic designer. This was actually... Uh, done back in 2003, not done specifically for the Hyperloop. He, his name is Mark Ovenden. He created the World Metro Map. He basically thought up, what if we did have some sort of thing that connected the entire world through high-speed railways? It is uh, based, obviously, on the London um, London Underground Map, uh, but it's super cool and interesting, and I, you'd look at it and go, oh, if only. How cool would that be? Oh, it's cute. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah, Ain't gonna uh, happen, but it's cute. It could happen, but it's super cute, and it would be very cool. And speaking of super cute, but did happen, if you happen to be in Wuppertal, Germany, you should go see the Painted Lego Bridge. I love this thing. That's great. Doesn't that look cool as hell? That is so cool. These are super simple things that we could do with our infrastructure just to be whimsical and nice and make you smile throughout the day. So Germany Make the is world a, nice that. again. Make the world nice again. Don't we want that? <laughs> uh, speaking of that, uh, if <laughs> you might as well continue your European tour and head to um, Utrecht in the Netherlands um, because there is the new exhibit uh, celebrating the lost art of the screensaver. Flying toasters! Uh, the only reason I have this article in here is the flying toasters because I did indeed used to have this screensaver on my oh, computer all I times and as soon as I saw the animation of the flying toasters, it brought back memories. So. Oh, man, that, that that warms the cockles of my toast. Does it not? Feedback loop. Much thanks to Don. I'm not even going to try this last name, given my <laughs> Don, Don Demzak. Demzak. All right. Uh, for uh, donating to us on Patreon, we really appreciate it. That is uh, our number one way that we are uh, paying the bills around here. So go to Patreon.com and uh, check us out. I think it's patreon.com slash GOG. That would be it. Yes. So help us, help us out. Drop us a ducat. Yeah. So we can buy Brian some more coffee. He's exactly. having, he's having a rough day and maybe some, some Robitussin for the kids. So knock him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not doing that yet. Okay. We got a uh, comment on the website from Van Z. Love yes. the name. And mm-hmm. the comment is presented without comment for obvious reasons. And it's a link to VR porn embraces smellovision, so you can smell the debauchery too. Yeah, no it, thanks. It's interesting. I saw. I actually heard about this uh, originally on K Rock in the morning last week, and it was. It's pretty funny. Yes, if you want to, if you want to get some funk on your stank, <laughs> this is what you got to get. It looks like um, kind of a bondage device. It's or or a you know a World yeah. War II gas mask. Gas mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so enjoy the, that one just go the, you, you, do that one on your own the nostalgia rift <laughs> lawsuit pending <laughs> and finally we got uh from twitter uh at moss 6502 who sent us who watches the men uh this is a a watchman trump's presidency reimagined as a watchman comic so if you're into watchman comic styles and all of that sort of stuff you will enjoy this so check it out all right 
If you want your yeah. questions or comments read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions. And then we will read them on the air and probably give you an answer if we can. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate it. Closing shout outs. Big shout out to all of our friends over at the Podcast One Network. I want to say special thanks to Kit Gray, Rich Burner, Jim Ballas, and of course, my good friend Jordan Harbinger for doing the intro. We are very happy to be Hanging out with you guys on the team. Happy to be on the network. But a big shout out to Mary Tyler Moore, who we lost this week. Uh, there are two no- two links in the show notes. One is the Laugh for Chuckles episode at the funeral, which is one of the funniest bits of television ever made. And the second is Joan Jett and the Blackhearts doing the Mary Tyler Moore theme, which is awesome. That is awesome. I love that one. Uh, my shout out is uh, pretty broad and it's a... Uh, Thank you to all the journalists that woke the fuck up. Ah, yes, finally. So thank you for that. <laughs> hopefully they can get paid. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Hey, whatever. Let's let's start at the beginning. Mexico's uh, gonna pay for it. <laughs> via attacks on Mexico. Hold on a second. Attacks on Mexican imports means that we're paying for it. Go figure. Uh, oh my uh, god, uh, math. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an economist, but I play one on this podcast. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening as well. I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. GOG.show is our home base where you can listen to old shows, leave feedback, ask us questions, get links to our awesome sponsors and stuff we like. If you'd like to become an official friend of the podcast, go to GOG.show slash support where you'll find all the ways you can support the show and help keep us on the air. To learn more about all of the people who make the show possible, head over to GOG.show slash about and show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at GOG.show slash 194.